Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. And my favorite pastor in the world, Pastor Barry Rice. You guys chose to wear black shirts and you didn't tell me. <laughs> Here I am in my green shirts and you guys both wearing black and you both wearing the Riot Podcast. How Nobody told that? me. I mean, come on, guys. Even <laughs> even Christine's wearing a black shirt. Man, so, you know... If you're not watching us on YouTube, you're missing out on all of this fun. Because Bob's very pretty. He is a beautiful oh, man. Pretty, thanks. I'm pretty. Yeah, there, there's a compliment. Fun of wow. say pretty. I'm pretty. What are you from the back hills of Virginia? Or what's going? I guarantee that was you, close, we'll, actually. we'll whoop your tail in the back hills of Virginia. Man, I'm not going there. <laughs> My dad used to say that from the hills of Tennessee. He says, "Man, you, you know." Oh, that's right. Your dad's from the from the mountains too, that's right? It. Yeah, that's what he that's says. Awesome. Man, I, I love those people. I respect those people a lot. They're hardworking people. If you talk with your mouth open, something might fly out of it or in it. That's true. <laughs> I've I've never experienced the backcountry before because I'm from Southern California. So we Christine and the I visit, opposite of the backcountry. Right. Yeah. So well, they have that there in certain parts, but not as much. But Christine and I were in Nashville or outside of Tennessee one time. And we had to go somewhere, but we literally had to go to the back country. There were outhouses there. There were like everything that you see on TV, that redneck it country. Really exists? It was real. <laughs> I mean, full on moonshine everywhere. And and I was watching and going, wow, this is a whole nother world that I've never experienced before. Crazy. Like, I was blessed. Like I going mean, to a new different. country, like a third world country or something. so many pictures. We were just stopping going, I can't, I've never seen something like that before. It's an outhouse. Yeah. I'm taking a picture. Not just one, lots. I mean, it was as far as you could see. This, well, you got to go different. somewhere. Come on, guys. Right? It was different. Oh, man. Well, yeah. I understand, Barry, that you have a new adventure that you oh. have dove into. I mean, you, did crazy. you volunteer or were, were you kind of recruited? Yeah, how did that all happen? <laughs> yeah, I knew better than to volunteer. Well, you know, I'm a big football fan and, and it's football time. And, and man, I, I just love football. And I it, it was one of the greatest tools used in my life to help me have character, help me have work ethic, help me to be a man. And uh, my youngest son, I have, my oldest son is 26. My youngest son is seven. And so he's, he's playing peewee football for the very first time and we show up for practice and I, I i mentioned to the to the guy he was asking for people to help i said yeah sure i'll help it when i can and i'll be glad to do whatever i can but i didn't commit to nothing <laughs> and i show up and the head football coach isn't there he went on i they came and told me because i was asking does anybody know where the coach is and they came and told me that he was on a cruise I mean, what coach goes on a cruise at the first practice? I mean, I have never in my life heard be such a thing. Cruise. And and you're talking about getting strung up or or messed up or you know having major problems there. Uh, you don't show up for football practice. That happens. But everybody started looking at me and say, Coach Barry, can you coach? <laughs> I can coach, but I didn't commit to this. And then my son got behind it and said, Dad, come on. You're the coach. Come oh, on. Come no. on, Dad. You know I don't want any coach but you. Hook, line, and, and sinker. Oh, my goodness. And so <laughs> it, I have 28-year-olds and 7-year-olds, and only one of them has ever played football before. Oh, my gosh. And I I'm, can't imagine. We played our first game, and we had 10, 10 
plays where they jumped off sides. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, They're excited. I, I coached college football, and I played football over in Oxford, England. I, I played football all my life, and I can't get these kids to stay in line or even get in the stands. <laughs> God bless those who work with kids. I'm telling you, it's it's amazing. So let me, he, had, he has 20 eight-year-olds and seven-year-olds. It's not like he said he has 28 and 27-year-olds. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. I was he, joking around with him. I said it's like herding cats. Yeah. But well, it, might, were, it might be more difficult than that. I think cats that. would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> he said this said this story. He goes, he had he was in a huddle, and all 10 kids or all eight of them were saying, Lord, give me, give me the ball. I want to run the ball. Hey, hey, coach, is it my turn yet? Is it my turn yet? Can I run the ball? Hey, throw it to me. Throw it to me. And I can't even call the play. And you were saying that you had one player that was able to play, and he was really good. He's a running back, right? Yes. yes. And so you give him the ball, and he goes forty yards the very first play. Yeah. And then what he, happens? He sprains his ankle. <laughs> the only guy that I know how to play football in our first game gets hurt. He's what okay now. He's now? Okay. Anybody trained to run the ball? It's like everybody's looking at me. What are you going to do, coach? I can't run the ball because I'm the coach. I mean, who? Who? It's like. Does anybody know anybody that knows how to run the ball? So it but was you crazy. Do now, but you do have a six foot two, 10 year old. Oh my goodness. We we call him Andre. He Andre, we Andre have a 10 year old kid on our team. No, it's not the team that I coach, but we have a 10 year old kid on, on a team that is six foot two, 300 pounds. Insane. I have never in my life Insane. seen such a human being. <laughs> he has a shoe at a, as a 10 year old, 18. I can't even comprehend it had that. To be, it had to be professionally made. It's like Shaq. It has to be like what he was like. I, I don't think Shaq was that big when he was 10 years I, old. Yeah. Anybody, no way. Hey, anybody that's watching, you know, if, at the end, if you want to go check that out, how how tall was Shaq when he was 10 years old? Let us know. That'd that, be good. That's crazy. That's crazy. So well, guys, cool. that what a story. Thanks for sharing that. That That's going to be an amazing show. But I, I can't, I can't to wait. I'm a 10-year-old. <laughs> I'm shorter than a 10-year-old, and he weighs more than me. I'm a big guy. Oh my goodness. He's going to take them out. But, but talking about being mission minded, right. Uh, the only reason why I said yes is because these kids need Jesus. Amen. And so we should pray about that. Should we? Yeah. All right. Let's pray about it. Let's that. pray. Lord, you are good. Yes. You are faithful. You are true. And God, we are so thankful that you love us, Lord, that you have uh, shined your grace and mercy upon us, Lord, that you have set us apart, Lord, for such a time as this. And we thank you that in everything, you are our answers, Lord, that you are there in the midst of any trouble, any circumstance, Lord. You are there when we are seeking our what next, Lord. You are there when we are contemplating our, our life and, and relationships and, and every aspect, Lord, there's nothing that you are not a part of. And Lord, we're so thankful that you care about us that much. We're so thankful that we get to talk about you, the, the famous one, the, the great I am, the yes. Abba Father, Lord. And, yes. and Lord, we are just humbled by, um, by you just allowing us to do that. So I just pray today, God, that you would speak to each of our hearts, Lord, that you would open uh, the, the, our minds to be able to receive what it is that you have to say. And Lord, that it would just come across clearly, but more than anything else, that you would inspire us, encourage us, Lord, just to know you more. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Well, how about if I I'll, I'll read our opening statement and that'll kind of launch us, guys, and then we'll jump into. Uh, I think we're going to cover five characteristics today. Yeah, and, we, uh, we know we may make it a you know a two shower, and there's and, probably a hundred of them, but yeah. we'll put it down to ten to try to do our best. To, we'll yeah. do so. We'll do five this week and then five next week, yeah. and uh, we'll see where that goes. So the opening opening statement is uh, this: Theologian Christopher Wright wrote. It is not so much that God has a mission for his, church, for his church in the world, but that God has a church for the mission in the world. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission. God's mission. Today, missional is a popular church word. It's a good phrase, but it carries a little baggage. Being mission-minded is an effort to balance the realities that the church was made for God's mission. And the church is itself a mission in that God is constantly or consistently working in his people, transforming us to reflect the character of Christ. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to start it, start it out, I mean, it's a commission uh, to be a missional minded is when when God was calling us, when when we he called us to be set apart for him, he basically says, I come, I call you to die to yourself. You you no longer have rights to yourself. You are now uh, called by my by me for my purpose. You are called to as an adopted child, you're now into my family. And now my family does, you know, as for me and my house, we will do the serve the Lord. Well, God's saying the same thing. As for you, my, me and my house, we were gonna do God's work. And so um, back in the days, I mean, what he's basically saying, a lot of people think that you go to church and then you go on a mission or, you know, mission is you go to church and then you, you serve the community, you feed the poor, you do all that. Although that's, that's good, but that's not what it's saying. What we're saying here, what we're saying is that every aspect of your life is missional. When you wake up in the morning, you know, how you respond to your wife and her breath is missional. You know, it, it, it's how you how you approach your workplace is missional. Your mindset is constantly thinking with intention that I am about my father's business. I am no longer living my life for my my pleasure, my wants, my feelings. I am living my life so that God would be glorified. I'm living my life in such a way that He would become the famous one, and so. What we're going to talk about are what are those characteristics? What does that look like? How do we, how can we see ourselves um, doing this in our lifestyle, in a way that we live our lifestyle? Um, Barry, your thoughts? Yeah, I've heard it put this way, that uh, there's only been one person who was able to live the Christian life and he died to live it through you. Amen. And that's exactly what missional means. It means... I allow Christ to live his life through me. And uh, that means the things that breaks his heart breaks my heart. That means the things that he cares about, I care about. The things that matter to him, they matter to me. And, uh, you know, this idea that, oh, we have the hired people in the church to do the, the gospel and do the work. And, and we're, we're there to come to learn. That's, that's not why Jesus died. I want you to think about this idea. You know, why didn't God remove you off the earth when he saved you? It's because he wanted to leave you here to be on mission for him. And that is so important. And now think about this. Jesus came and he lived about 33 years. And, and it was, it was coming to a pinnacle and he dies. Then he resurrects. And then it's, 
his very last words, he gives the church her mission. Yeah. And what did he say? Somebody read that. Matthew 28, 19. Yeah. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Then he went on in Acts 1, 8. And he said to the church there, what did he say there? Bob? He said, but you will receive power when the Holy <laughs> Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So people of great, so the church of a, as a whole, what one of the, I guess what it's been teaching for so long is that you come to church, the pastor's there to teach you, uh, the church's responsibility, it's going to put together different programs, a way that they, you can affect the community and how you can make an impact. And um, we would go and say, hey, I have great faith because I believe and I, we're a part of that church and we go do that and so forth. But then when you examine the rest of your life, you don't see any obedience. You don't see that lifestyle. You don't see, you know, you're not um, discipling other people. You're not living, you know, the mission in your workplace or something like that. Hudson Taylor said, God isn't looking for people of great faith, but for individuals ready to follow him. And in you know, he again is saying that if God is moving in your heart or moving in your life, he's, he's not telling you to keep what he's saying to you, to yourself. He wants you to go share it with other people. And he wants you to get outside of your comfort zone. And he wants you to go out into the world and, and live that lifestyle in obedience to God. And so what we're saying is, is don't get caught up into believing that your mission-mindedness is, is, is captured in the church. It's so much greater than that. It's, that's just a small part of it. The mission-minded mentality is it's, it's at the gas station. It's at the grocery store. You hear that a lot from us as we, we talk on this broadcast. But I think, we might, I think what we're going to do today is just really help clarify exactly what are the actual characteristics. And as you're listening to this today, just meditate on it. Maybe stop it and listen to each part a little bit and meditate. Is this me? Is this something that I'm doing? Um, um, and this is my lifestyle. And if it's not, then pray about it. Seek the Lord. Um, and then maybe find somebody that, that, that is maybe doing this and, and ask them and we'll help walk through it with them. Um, but yeah, so let's kind of do that. So let's just dive right in, um, Bob. And yeah. And, through it. Well, I was going to say, even before we do that, I just, you know, we're not trying to, you know, if you, if you hear these characteristics and you're like, man, I, I didn't know anything about that. Or I'm, I didn't do that. I mean, we're not, there should be no shame here. I mean, honestly, I think this has been a failure of the church. I mean, I've, I've heard pastors say, you know, hey, just bring them to us. We'll we'll share the gospel with them. You know, it's like that's, but that's not biblical, right? No, I mean, it's that, our responsibility. It's our responsibility. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's no shame there. We're just we just want to kind of maybe hopefully open your eyes and it's as it's opened my eyes to um, you know how we're supposed to be living our life on a, on a daily basis. So let's jump right in. Um, characteristic number one: you desire to meet someone who does not follow Jesus. Mission-minded people follow Jesus's plan. Uh, in Luke ten two. Um, it says to go to go to work in his harvest. They actively seek out non-believers for conversations and friendships. So what does that look like in, in you know, in practical, practical life, Barry? Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, one of the problems with the church is that we hang out only with each other so much, you know, we, we have got to 
uh, have places in our life and times in our life that we are around people who don't know Jesus. And, you know, uh, when I was coming up in the church, we were taught, you got to stay out of the bars. You got to stay away from the dances. You got to stay away from this. You got to stay away from that because we're not about dancing. We're not about, but guys, we're for lost people. Yeah. And if we're not going to the places where they're at, and if we're not, uh, sharing and building relationships with them. If we, if, if they don't get to see Jesus in us, where are they going to see it? That's right. You know, the only, the only hope for them is that when they bounce off a rock bottom, that there's somebody in their family that will catch them and, and invite them to church. Guys, the church is supposed to be set up that Sunday morning is equipping. Sunday morning is the 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 rally. It's it's the pregame meal. It's a pregame meeting, and, and all throughout the week, you're you're playing the game. You're going with a mission in mind that where I work, where I live, and where my kids go to school, and where I do life, that is my mission field, and I've been assigned by that person. I'm telling you that there's been times when me and Christina have moved, and we ask God uh, about. God place us right in the middle of the community where you want us. Ask my wife about the lawnmower, man. We moved into a community and there was this guy that never drove a vehicle. I, I think he had too many DUIs, but anyway, he, he only drove a lawnmower everywhere he went. And he was this bitter old man. And, and we would pray for him every day. And the opportunity came, we got to share with him and, and love on him. And, you know, that's what it's about. Who are you deliberately loving on for the cause of Christ? So good. You, you know, know yeah. oh, I was going to say mission-minded people are committed to learning and speaking the language of the culture they are surrounded by. They avoid speaking Christianese using pious prayer language, in-house <laughs> jargon, or super spiritual talk around non-believers. You know, and I remember when Paul was saying that, what he's, that I think we're going to read that, 1 Corinthians 9, where he was talking about that he adjusted his whole life to be able to relate to other people. Remember when he was in Greece and he, was, he, he went into the temple and started talking to all the guys, you know, the, the smart thinkers of the bunch. And, and he, you know, he was able to connect with them and be able to tie in kind of where they're at. He was able to talk about their, their writers. He was able to talk about the philosophies that they believed in and so forth because he understood their culture. He understood what they believed, you know, people at our church. I mean, people at work, you know, you maybe are hanging out with guys that watch sports. Well, maybe you don't like sports. Well, learn sports so you can actually talk about sports. Or maybe there's ladies that you live that like to crochet and those are your group and you don't like to crochet. Well, learn how to crochet, learn their culture, learn how to adapt, learn how to meet people where they're at. Maybe there's a group of guys that bowl and you don't like the bowl. Well, guess what? Learn to bowl, put on some shoes, get down to the thing, learn to do things that are different so that you can be a part of a community that's outside of your comfort zone so that you can speak light to them. And so it's, it's, I think that we mission-minded people have that intention. They are deliberately doing things like that. They're, they're not sitting there waiting for the church to come up with a great next event. They are saying, no, I have a role today. I'm involved, get involved with your churches, your, your PTA at your school, get involved with the HOA community, get involved with people that are not Christians and then speak life to them. Yeah. You have a role there. Pete, Pete, my place was to coach yeah. my kids' teams and man, the relationships that were built and the kids I got to love on and minister to, uh, 
all of JD's uh, friends and, and co-players, we used to go eat wings together and sit down at Sweet Mama's and all you can eat <laughs> wings. And what a sight to see. People would come to Sweet Mama's just to watch the football team eat. I'm seriously, seriously, on Wednesday evenings after practice. But, you know, building those relationships is so important. Yeah, I, you're not going, I'm sorry, Bob. We're, right. we're not going there to like preach to them. We're going there to be yeah. friends to them. We're going there to listen to them. We're going there to hear about their friend, their kids and their life and all that stuff. We're not there preaching to them, but there's going to come a time when they're going to struggle. There's going to come a time when they're seeking answers. There's going to come a time when there's going to be something that's happening in their life that you're going to have the opportunity. Hey, I'll pray for you. And, and you'll be that shining light in their life. And that one moment, there's going to have something happen. Guess who they're calling? That's right. You. You're going to be a part of their life in that way. I totally disagree. Oh, whatever. I do. I disagree. Oh. I don't think we should. I think we should preach to them, but not use words. Well, okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm, our life should should speak the gospel in such Absolutely. a way Amen. that they want to know, what. T- tell me what you got. Tell me what's different about you. Yeah. And I know what you mean, uh, Pete. I was just teasing yeah, you. Yeah, you would naturally just, like, you're going to church and you have that relationship. Say, hey, come to church with me. You know, you would naturally do things in such a way that would be that. Your intention isn't to, like, whatever. Your intention is to speak life through. I heard it said really well actions. yesterday, I think. It, stop trying to sell it and just share it. You know, stop trying to sell Jesus. Yeah. Just share him. Sure. As share what's going on you. in your life. Yeah. yeah. And people don't want to be sold. I mean, what, what happens if somebody walks up, even if you walk in the store and you're looking for something, but they come up, you know, how can I help? You're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. But, it, you know, it's yeah. just that mentality. People do not like to don't be sold. Don't carry your sign that says repent or die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, loving people well makes them hungry for the gospel. Yeah. Very true. It really does. And then yeah. they want to have what you have. That's right. That's yeah. right. Man, you were talking about Sunday mornings and, uh, you know, what it is. I, I got a teacher that I listen to a lot. He says it this way. He goes, Sunday morning is a pastor's conference. You know, we're, we're, we're there to just energize each other, to, to share the, you know, our common belief, and then go out into the world. And, Pete, you were talking about, you know, just do, you know, I mean, well, you're talking about crazy things like crochet and bowling. But, yeah. you know, it goes as far especially as especially bowling. <laughs> especially bowling. <laughs> It, but your work, you know, whether you, you're a dentist or a doctor or a real estate agent or a businessman that, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you do, you should be a Christian first and do it in, in that way. And that's that's our role. I mean, I don't God doesn't you know, he doesn't want six billion pastors. Right. Or six billion, you know, a billion professional preachers. You know, we, we've all got a different role in a different job, but I think he wants everybody to be saved so we can represent. Uh, the kingdom in whatever we do. We don't have to be, you know, uh, I don't know, called to full-time ministry to, to be sharing the gospel. And I think that's a misunderstanding for a lot of Christians as they think, well, that's not my job. I'm not in full-time ministry. It's not my job to share the gospel. And it couldn't be, it couldn't be farther from the truth. So, so the first characteristics is to be mission minded is that you have an intention to go meet people that do not know Jesus. Yes. You're getting outside of your clique. You're getting outside of your Christian world. You're, you're adjusting the culture and you're adjusting things around you so that you can be intentional with non-Christians. That's our first characteristic. Right. And let me share something that Paul said, I think flows into that. It's first Corinthians nine. Uh, starting in verse 19, it says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became a Jew to win the Jews. 
to those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Amen. That's Amen. good stuff, right? That's it. So that's your first characteristic. That's so ask one. yourself, are you intentional? If you're missional minded, are you intentional about getting outside of your comfort zone and getting into a place where they're non followers of Christ, people that don't know him to be able to share and love on those people um, for his, for his sake. That's a missional minded one. Number two. Okay. So number two, <clears throat> do you do this? You continually look for creative ways to share the gospel. Mission-minded people find intentional ways to share so that people understand. It is not a canned or scripted presentation, but relative to that person or to that group. They do, they do the abnormal, the irrational, the counterintuitive, and take risks all in an effort to share Christ. So what would that look like? I, I, uh, <laughs> I was a part of a team called Firm Foundation. And Firm Foundation stood for faith in the resurrected Messiah. And what we did is we broke bricks, bent bars, blew up hot water bottles, crushed Coke cans and break bats and bend frying pans. And we would do it on the beach in Myrtle Beach or whatever. We would do it all over the places. We would do it in parks and, and just invite people to come and see. And at the end of it, we would say, you know, here's what we've learned. And we'd like to pass on to you that it's only the life that has Jesus that won't break. It's good. And, and he is the glue that gives us life and gives us uh, sustainability that gives us what we're looking for. And uh, I, I would, I would tell them a quote by um, Paul Anderson and Paul Anderson would say, I'm the strongest man on the earth and I can't live one day without Jesus. How mm. can you? Amen. And so it's, it's showing your gifts, using your gifts. Maybe, maybe if you're good on the, uh, with a computer, doing it through social media, yeah. maybe if, if you could sing, it's doing it through song. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what up gifts acting and all those things that God has given you using it to share the gospel and being creative. You know, God is creative. I'm telling you, I have seen this more and more and more that when I offer myself, when God says, whom shall I send? I'll go. When you say, I'll go, he'll show you incredible uh, creative ways to speak and about him and to love on others, man. That's what it's, that's, that's what it's there's, about. That's awesome. There's some people out there that um, can uh, teach English, you know, and so they, they have people come to learn English, but they use the Bible. Um, and so that's one of the ways they do it. There's people that have signed up to be an Uber driver so that they had an opportunity to have people in their car to be able to pray for them. There's people that um, from a business standpoint would offer something in such a way that it brings people to the gospel, but they don't know it, you know, or like in and out burger, they get, you know, they get real creative and they put the verse on there or Chick-fil-A does stuff yeah, like that. On the bottom of the cup. It, you know, if you're, that's your business where you're looking for creative, innovative ways to be able to get the gospel out, to be able to get the message out, to be able to get the mission out. And so you're, you're adjusting your life. I love what this says. It says they do the abnormal, irrational, counterintuitive, and take risks all in the effort to share Christ. 
And so that's kind of the mindset. And so it's like everything that you do, everything that you think is about the mission, everything. So if you have a gift, you have a skill set. if you're going to be a coach, you know, you're, you're not worried about what the school system or whatever's going to say. You're about the, about sharing the light. You're about sharing, you know, God's truth. And so whatever that is, we are doing it for God to be glorified. Guys, it's, it's what Jesus said at the last supper. He said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And he, he washed their feet, wanting to demonstrate how much he loves them. He took up a towel and he washed their feet. And he says, this is how much I love you. People who are broken in this world that are tattooed, that are rude, that that are harsh, that, that have walls up, that maybe nobody else would come around. You wash your feet and you love all. Why? Because they've been created in the image of God. And in God's eyes, they have value. And you allow God to love them through you. If you can't love them, you, you say, God, I need you to love people through me. And he will. And, and they will beg for the message of the gospel. Yeah, I mean, each one of us are created with our own uniqueness. Each one of us has a different passion. And if you're walking with the Lord and you're walking in his presence, the Lord's going to move in you. There's something that's going to stir up. There's some gift or some way or something. And it might be, you might have this unique ability, like Barry's saying, is going down to the beach and washing these people's feet. I don't know. It would be absolutely abnormal and counterintuitive. <laughs> but if it's coming because you're anointed by God, if it's coming because you're being obedient and what God is telling you, it's going to be blessed. There is going to be fruit from that. And, and you're just saying, God, here I am. Use me in whatever that is and whatever that looks like. And so the first characteristic, again, is, is that we are, we are being intentional about being in people's in presence of people that are not followers of Christ. And character two is that we are looking for ways in a, in a unique way to get the word out, you know, whatever hey, that looks like. Pete, I just had a thought. Yeah. If, if people that are listening to this, have, you know, as you're hearing these stories and Barry telling his stories, you know, if you have creative ways that you've thought of or you've witnessed, put them in the comments. Oh, we would love to. So hear that, that way, not yeah. only you know, don't keep them to yourself. Share them with everybody else. So we would love to hear about that. So, so then, sorry, I didn't mean to no, interrupt no, you. no worries. And then the third characteristic is now more of the worldview. So Bob, why don't you just read that? So we went in our first two characteristics. Excellent. Now the third one. Number three, you live with a different worldview. You think about uh, you think about the world, culture, and languages that you don't know. So it's more about not thinking about just the tiny place where you live. You understand that the gospel is not just for you, but for all people. You are committed to getting it out to the rest of the world. Yeah. Let me say something about racism. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I really like Toby Mac and, you know, he was a kind of the founder of DC talk and went to Liberty university. And, and one of the things he says in his song that the only flaw that God has is that he's colorblind. God doesn't see color. And, you know, uh, when we, well, I'm just American. Sometimes that puts barriers between us when we claim just to be American or we, well, I'm, I'm a part of this type of economic situation or God loves people from all colors, all races, all states, all cities, all nations. God loves people more than anything. And we are to do everything that we possibly can to, to go and share the greatest news to them. We can't just share it to our neighbor. We are responsible because 
we are alive in our own generation. We're responsible to share the gospel with our generation. And that means with Germans and, and people from Japan and people from China, people from the uttermost parts of the earth, that we are to go and carry the good news to them. Aren't you glad someone carried it to you, right? Yes. Yeah. And the, one of the reasons why <clears throat> at first for me not to want to or not think that way is because I was uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with different cultures. Um, I mean, perfect example. I was in, um, when I first all started, I was at Chavez Ravine, La, La Dodger Stadium in LA. And we got done watching the thing. And at the time, I had a big, nice car, a Cadillac Escalade and all these things. And I was living a life like I didn't want to live. But as I was leaving the thing, I went down on East LA. I went on the backside of LA and I wasn't down there. And there's people down there with, with, with fire in the middle of the street, trying to stay warm. And, and you were in a real bad part of town. And immediately I felt very uncomfortable, fear for my life. And not once did it ever cross my mind that, that Jesus loves these people. Not once did it ever cross my mind that he died for them. He sacrificed for them. And, and I wasn't in the attitude of prayer. I was an attitude of self. I wasn't out of that. And it was uncomfortable for me. And I think a lot of reasons why people don't get outside of that comfort or get outside of that is because they're relying upon self and they're not relying upon the Holy Spirit. And a missional minded person goes in the spirit of God, not in the flesh. And they go by saying, God, I want to be obedient. So I'm going to adjust my life and allow you to empower me, to allow you to give me the words and wisdom, the strength and the courage to be able to get outside of my comfort, to be able to go to these people and do that. So an intentional mind does that. An intentional mind does not stay in your clique, does not say what's comfortable. An intentional, missional minded person gets outside of that and is looking for opportunities to do that. So that means going on the mission field. That might might mean go to India. You know how many times I've said to people, hey, I'm going to go to India and want to go. And they say, no, they're freaked out to go to India because it's, it's pretty hard there. I'm just going to be honest. It's pretty tough. And you might get sick. I got sick one time when I was there where I had a severe sinus infection and I had a 103 fever in India. You know, you might get sick. You might have, you know, something happened to you, you eat the wrong food or you might, you know, whatever. But I wasn't going from my flesh. I was going to obedience to be able to serve and to love those people. And I'm going to get outside of my thing. But I needed the Holy Spirit. And I needed to be obedient. And so a missional-minded person is constantly thinking that way. Pete, I like how you brought in East L.A. Because I think when we read this, it's easy to jump into geography. But there's there's other kind of mission fields that we that we talk about and we've talked about this on the show before like you know the the lgbt community and and there's other opportunities like that where you know we can go in and be a witness in those communities it doesn't have to be around the world you know maybe india yeah. but it may be in your backyard absolutely in a in an environment that you feel just as uncomfortable going into i've been to and many people that are christians have not but i've been to gay gay pride parades i've been to them i've hung out with them i've been on the streets with them i've loved on them i've hugged them i've talked with them i've shared gospels with them i've trust and whatever it's like and there's people that are in the gay community that are truly seeking Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's, there's gay, gay out there that are truly trying to find God and they want a relationship with him. Why would we alienate that? Why would we, why would we, I mean, God, they need Jesus just like anybody else. It doesn't matter. We got to get outside of these cultural barriers that we've put up Amen. and have a missional mind and just go love people, period. You know, um, 
it gets to the next point of the characteristic number four is you hear the voice of God and are obedient. Yes. You know, that's the fourth characteristic that you, you're hearing the voice of God and you're obedient. I, I wanted to make the point that we see people differently. Yeah. When we are mission minded and we're waking up in the morning and say, God, here I am, use me. Let me see people the way you see them. Let me uh, love people the way you love them. And you're offering yourself and you're putting on the, the armor of God and you're offering yourself as an instrument of God. God, use my life, use my mind, use my voice, use my hands, use my feet, use my voice, use everything that I have for your glory today. And let me love people. Well, I'm telling you, God will speak to you and he will point out people to you and says, what about him? What about her? Or you see someone at work that's really struggling and they're having a really rough day. And you go to them and you love on them and you encourage them. And, you know, that makes me think of the story of Isaiah. When you get a clear picture of who God is, that he's high and exalted and the train of his robe fills the temple and, and, and the angels are crying back and forth, holy, holy, holy. You see yourself, woe is me. I am undone. And then you get the touch of God on your life and you get the healing of God on your life. And he infuses you with that acceptance and love. You said, Oh, 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 I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. You'll say like Isaiah six, eight says, Lord, here am I use me, send me, I'll go send me. I'll go. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's it bear. So, I mean, the fourth characteristics is there's obedience. Um, there's Christians that are listening right now that are listening to this and they've been the same Christian for the last 30 years. They've plateaued. They've, they have, they have, they found a comfort zone. They're serving on the, you know, the food ministry. They're serving in the, in that, and that's it. That's where they stand. They don't get outside. They don't have the missional minded purpose to get, to go into the world and change the culture and to go meet up with other people. They don't, they don't think about nonstop how the next person could be saved. I thought about that sand dollar story where they, you know, the sand, yes. not sand dollars, uh, the, the starfish. Yep. And there's thousands of starfish. Yep. And they goes, you can't save them all. He goes, well, I just saved that one. Yeah. They don't have that mentality to just. To, made to, a difference to, to that one. To yeah. made a difference to that one. And so it's, it's those people is who we're talking to here. If you want to have that attitude where Isaiah says, Lord, send me you've been in God's presence and you've been able to see him in all of his glory and all of his holiness. And you have allowed his light to so penetrate you deep within your heart that you were humbled and broken before him in an attitude of worship and surrender. You sat there and said, Lord, I am undone. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. I cannot, I cannot do this any longer, Lord, but I will go because you asked me to go. I will adjust my life because you are asking me to adjust my life. I will do as you've asked me to do. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. I will be obedient. And when you, if, that, if you're listening to this and, and you have not been obedient in the past, and there's, there's, there's disobedience and you found a comfort zone and, there's, there, and you're just, you're plateaued. You have all knowledge, but you don't have no spirit. You have all knowledge, but you don't have any life in you. You might be speaking some good truth, but you're not, your fruits are not there. There's, there's, you're not discipling anybody. 
You're not, you're not going out into the field and looking for people. You're just, you're comfortable in your own zone, your own, your own comfort zone. That's not a mission minded. That's not obedience. That is not what God is asking of you. He's asking you to, to grow. He's asking you to let, let go of, of that comfort. He's asking you to stop, stop trying to control your life, trying to, to fit your, him in your box. He's, he's a lot bigger than that. And so this is the force characteristics is obedience. And I love what Ruth uh, said to Naomi. She said in Ruth 1.16, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And that's what God is asking of us. Amen. Where you go, I will go, God. Barry, you mentioned something. You were talking about the prayer of asking God to just let you see people you know, the way he sees them. I, that, if you want to see God answer prayer, <laughs> he'll answer that prayer every time. Just ask him to give you eyes to see people the way he sees them or, or, or do this. Ask him to put somebody in your path today that, that you can share the good news with. You want to see answered prayer? He'll do it. He'll yeah. do it every single time. It's, it's amazing. Um, there was something else I wanted to comment on what you said, Barry, uh, Pete, but uh, it slipped my mind at the moment. So okay. if, if it comes back, it comes back. But until then, characteristic number five, and this is kind of goes right into what we were just talking about. Yeah. Pray, right? You pray a lot. Uh, characteristic number five is you pray a lot. Praying is a direct link to God. You believe that God will do greater things than we can ever imagine. And you pray for it to happen. First uh, Thessalonians 5, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> a prayer life is a, a constant prayer life is always a testimony that you're missional minded. And, um, you know, you're constantly looking for opportunities to pray for people. You're constantly are, have the attitude. And when you don't, you will be convicted because if you have a missional mindset and there's people in your life that are not living the way they should, or if there's people that you uh, know that need more of Jesus and you're not praying for them, that's on you. God has brought people in your life for you to pray for them. He's, there's, there's people that are, that are so blinded to truth. They have no idea how to pray. So you having the idea or understanding how to pray, you need to pray for them, help them out. That's where we intercede for them because they're sitting there, they're trying to figure out life themselves. They're trying to figure it out. And if God has brought somebody into your life and you see that are really messed up, you have a great opportunity. Your prayer life just increased because you stand in the gap for them. You know, and when you go out to the grocery store and you see a kid fighting with mom and dad, and he's disobeying them and so forth. Well, guess what? You get to pray for them. That's right. You go out and you see, you see something happen where there's a disagreement or there's somebody on the side of the road or they're saying something or doing something. Guess what? You get to pray for them. Praying without ceasing is you just have the mindset to constantly be intentional on praying. Attitude. Yeah, all the time, the attitude. Yeah. You know, one of the things in life I'm looking for is significance. I, I'll be honest. I really am. And I want you to think about the significance that it would be and will be when you go to heaven and, and the people that you have impacted are there. The people you have poured into are there. The people that you love well on earth, your kids are there and they come up to you and they say, thank you for living differently. Thank you for sharing with me, caring enough to share. Thank you for coming into the bar and, and just being there and noticing that 
I was crying and that I was hurting. Thank you for, for even though you know that I was living uh, a alcoholic or a drug addicted or a alternate, alternate lifestyle, but you, you knew that, but you still showed me love. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Could you imagine the, the reunion in heaven that's going to take place because of that at the banquet wow. and, and you being able to say, well, it's because of what he's done. Let me introduce you to Dave Williams, the person who led me to Christ. Mm. And would you say thank you on, on my behalf to him? And then Dave Williams says, well, let me tell you about this person. But could you imagine being so selfish to be standing in heaven and have no one mm. to bring with you? Mm. Can you imagine of living a lifestyle, knowing the truth, but never telling anybody? Please, please don't do that. I guarantee you there are opportunities. And, and the person who doesn't need God doesn't pray. But the person that understands I need God because I'm going to be representing him today, they pray. They ask for God's power. It's not, yeah, amen. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's your responsibility. And if you're in a, if you're in a situation where you're mission minded and God has brought somebody to you that you can share God's truth with pray because you're going to need a Holy spirit. The Bible says that if you don't, if you lack the answers that he will fill it with words, if you lack understanding, he will give you truth. If you lack anything in that moment to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says the Holy spirit will give it to you. And so to pray is one of the primary things that we do when we're sharing the truth with others, when we're sharing the, the gospel with others. And so we can go on and on and on. Now, I always look at it this way. When I was, when I look for leadership, when I look for people to leader, I say, Hey, I'm going to have a prayer meeting and whoever shows up at that prayer meeting are my leaders. The people that when I, I know, do things outside of the ordinary, those are the, those are the ones that I know are hungry for the Lord. Those are the ones that are seeking Jesus, the people that are wanting to pray, that are wanting to adjust their life to be in his presence. And uh, you just know it. You hear it from them. When you're around them, they'll start, you'll be driving in the car in an accident. And all of a sudden, they'll just start praying out loud. You're like, whoa, look at that. They're praying out loud right there. I mean, you, they're always praying. That is a missional minded person. And so that is what God is asking of each of us. Let's leave, let's look at this. Romans 12, 9, Paul puts this per perfectly. He says, love must be sincere. This is Romans 12, 9 through 21. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Always be on it. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. If doing the, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's missional minded. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what I was just thinking, Pete, you, you mentioned, you know, this isn't just for the pastor. This is for, this is for all of us. Yeah. But if there's a pastor out there that would like to be able to kind of teach this to their flock, you know, maybe it's a different mindset than they're used to. How would they go about doing that? So, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, at Barry and Pete, um, but you know, can you give them like, an, I don't know, just a, a tip or um, a way to kind of flip that switch so that that mindset can start changing in their, in their congregations. And, you know, they can get that message out because I think there's a lot of people out there that kind of feel that way. They're like, well, that's, that's the pastor's job. That's the pastor's job. Yeah. And it's not. So how, do, how do we help the pastors help their flock? We're working on something now, Bob, this is like a whole show in itself, but we're working on something now where we're, we're putting something together that the Lord is leading us in as a group right here. And when we get done with that, we're going to bring it to the community. We'll bring it out and share this with pastors. Um, but there is a way, and it's it's focusing on loving the body, loving the brethren. And, and it's focused on on creating the unity within the body of Christ. And um, and it's it's different, you know, it's it's turning the the church mentality, the the church way of doing ministry upside down. It's it's not going to be done the way that it used to be. It's going to be it's going to be focused strictly on missional mindedness because that is the purpose. If you read all of the the epistles and the gospels and everything else, it was only about mission. What did uh, Nina Garner said? If you take missions out of the Bible, you won't have anything left but the covers. It, it, the whole Bible is nothing but right. about getting God's mission out. But we'll talk about that, Bob, in in the future. But your your heart is right, and there's a lot of pastors, and I pray that we're able to speak into them yeah. as we start developing this and put this more in an organized form. Um, but we'll talk about that, and we'll have a whole just whole podcast on that. Awesome. But there's a lot of people here right now, Barry, that are just that are listening, and and maybe their heart is crying out, and they're saying, you know, maybe I'm not doing this mission part. I'm not. This is not me, but my heart wants to be that. And, uh, or maybe they don't even know Jesus and they're saying, I want to know him. I want to be a part of this. I want to have a mission minded and, and to be able to reach people, speak to those people. Yeah. Let me answer what, um, Bob said. The answer quickly is that it's not taught. It's caught. Amen. Good. You know, you gotta, you gotta go out with the people in, in our mission tours, faith tours, and then our mission trips and what we got planned, that is exactly what's going to take place. Hmm. And if you venture out to go anywhere with us, we're going to teach you how to live mission minded. Amen. And you're, you stumbled upon this podcast and, and your heart's been pricked today. And, and you, you feel like there's something broken about the church or, and, and you're just struggling and, and you're, wanting to know what is that problem? What, what is this that I'm struggling with? And, and you have a desire in your heart for more. Well, I'm going to tell you, you need to pray a dangerous prayer and you really need to get along with God and just say, God, I will do whatever you want. I will go wherever you want me to go. Here am I, send me and listen. And make yourself available. And I'm going to tell you what you are about to embark on. The greatest 
adventure, the greatest journey that any person has ever embarked on. And you are, are invited to join with Christ in mission. And it's you that I want to pray for today. Would you pray with me? Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are calling Christians to not only go to church, but to be the church and to be ambassadors for you in their communities, in their workplaces, in their schools, in their neighborhood, in, in the world, Lord, you're calling us out to live the gospel, not just know it, not just be able to share it, but to live it. And God, it's all about love. God, you desire to love people through us. And God, I just pray for those that sense a calling to this, that sense a longing to be used by you, Lord. I pray, God, that they would pray that dangerous prayer. I pray, God, that you would use them mightily. I pray, God, that through them and their community and their situation and their circumstances, that they will start a revival right where they're at. And it's, a revival never starts through your mouth. It always starts through your heart's brokenness be on your face before God. And Lord, I just pray for these people and I ask that you would anoint them. And I pray, God, that they'll stop putting their confidence in themselves, but they would put their confidence in the resurrected Messiah, that they would put their confidence in the spirit that he sent, that they would put their confidence in an unfailing never changing word of God that will never let you down. And lastly, Lord, what you promised us is that you would never leave us nor forsake us and that I will be with you to the end of the age. God, the reason why the church doesn't have power, as Acts 1.8 says, is because we're not going to be your witnesses. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless these people that you would guide them, Lord, all that are listening, and that you would touch their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If that's you, we would love to hear from you. You can go on to our website at riotpodcast.co, and uh, there's a section on there that says, No God, click on that. Go down to the bottom and click on that you gave your life to the Lord or want to recommit your life to the Lord. Fill that out, and we would love to get you something and uh, just join along with you in this and find a healthy church or just point you in the right direction. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. What an awesome show, Bob. Awesome. As always, guys, uh, make sure you like and follow us on uh, whatever platform that uh, you're listening to us on. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Facebook, make sure you like and uh, make sure that way you get all the updated podcasts. And we look forward to next week. We're going to finish up uh, the 10 characteristics. We'll do six through 10. And uh, man, we can't wait to uh, come to you again next week. And and uh, just make sure you comment. We'd love to hear from where you're from. And uh, if you had any of those ideas that we went through today and you, you thought of something creative, man, we'd love to hear that and be able to share that with all the rest of the listeners. So we love you guys. We pray for you guys. Have an amazing week of worship. And we can't wait to, uh, to talk to you again next week. Take care. See ya. Let us hear your stories about what God does through you. Amen. Have a great day. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.